Welcome to the Culture Shapers podcast with author, leadership expert, and co-founder of the Daniel Center of Leadership, Marcus Benjamin. At the Daniel Center, our vision is to develop and deploy godly leaders, and you fit that description. Here's Marcus for today's message. How do you allow R. Kelly to have sex with a child on, on film and then and never, ne- and still he can still come to Columbia, South Carolina and sell a ticket? Wow. Uh, we, we, have, we are literally operating at a level which I never thought we would be as a black community. And I'm not talking but this conversation is not just for black folks, of course. Your audience is much broader. But I'm talking about, the, I, I believe the black family has been torn apart or, or, or has been attacked by culture more than anything else. And, if, and, it, it be, and I believe because the enemy and society understands how powerful the black family is and how powerful particularly the black male is. And, and that you know, is... I, I can do that. If I, can interject for, if I can interject for a quick second... You know, and there are some people out there who really have, I'm not saying they're completely accurate, but I'm saying they do have a, at least a legitimate basis for saying that the targeting of the black family and the targeting of the black male was actually an intentional strategy. You know, yes, uh, and again, I'm not saying that's fully completely accurate, but again, there is a lot of evidence to, uh, to, to affirm it versus to de- just outright deny it. I totally because, agree. I mean, I, yes, I, and, and I'm and, I, and I'm not the person who 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 sits around doing a whole lot of conspiracy theories. I I, I just fully recognize who the enemy is and who, and, who, and who the devil is and how he operates and and, and how subtle he is. Uh, but I do understand this, and that is is we even though there's a huge target and there's a huge strategy, a huge plan. I also recognize that what we're dealing with is largely self-inflicted um, uh, wounds. And now, I, uh, uh, I know somebody's going to say to me, well, we'll, but we didn't do slavery, and we didn't, I, I get all that. And I know that there's been, I, I know we're, we're not, we're not, uh, 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 the, the, the stuff that's going on that right now in regards to, exact- I'm sorry. So I was saying, no, we're not endeavoring to whitewash that and pretend as if it doesn't matter. I understand. Exactly, exactly. But 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 what? But we do have to recognize that we bear a bit of responsibility in this whole thing, and ultimately, it is our responsibility to turn our families, our lives, our careers, our ministries, our business, our marriages, our children. It's our job to do the necessary work required to turn these things around, and we have to take a look at our own personal culture. When we talk about society as a whole, as it relates to culture. People will say this, I've been doing it. They've said, well, I mean, you're communicating as if, you know, the only people in the media who have negative images about them are black people or the only people who have negative Hollywood experiences or negative hip-hop experiences are black people. But here's what people don't understand. They are exactly right in the fact that when you look at television, you see some white folks doing some crazy stuff, right? You see Asians, Hispanics, you see all of them doing some crazy stuff. So that's not the issue. The issue is... The, the, when we look at the two major ethnic groups by numbers in America, white Americans, Caucasian Americans, and African Americans, right. what we find out is the Caucasian American has his or her identity and his or her value proposition in society firmly established. Established. So when people see a white person acting crazy, guess what they do? They just laugh it off, right? They just laugh right. it off. But when people see the average person sees a black person acting crazy, the average person says that's how they are. Right, right, right. 
So right, when because a black that's been established as a, a consistently over time, the image of exactly. black men and black females in a poor or thuggish or uh, uh, promiscuous uh, uh, mindset or, or, or image has been established throughout media, established through our entertainment, and, and even uh, uh, overwhelmingly perpetuated by our, by our own uh, entertainment creators and our own selves. Correct. So whereas in you have, as you, as you said before, there's, there's been hundreds of years of establishment of Caucasian uh, uh, people as business owners, as Correct. educated, as family leaders, family values, as uh, upstanding people in society, if you allow. But so when you see something that's contradictory to it, it's more or less all. That's just some uh, unique circumstance as opposed Correct. to an overwhelming, consistent uh, culture, man. That that is now, ladies and gentlemen. You have to understand something. This gentleman uh, is communicating as an insider. He he has been an executive producer. He still he's an executive producer of his own content now. But he's been a producer. He's been in the writing booths. He's been in the editing suites. He's been in Hollywood. He's been in Vegas. He's been in these places behind the scenes regarding what's being written and what's being produced, the content that's being delivered to the masses. So we're not just having a conversation of two people who are, quote, unquote, on the outside. One, he's on the inside as an entertainer and as a writer and as, and as a producer. Me, as a businessman, as a cultural critic and a sociologist in terms of studying culture and interaction. So what we're talking about here is trying to give you some inside information about how culture affects our lives. And I'm going to read this scripture. A very important scripture because when people hear me have the conversation, they'll say, man, Marcus or Bishop or whatever, I mean, I see what you're saying, but, uh, you know, I'm not sure if it's really that serious. Well, here is what the scriptures say, verse 2 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We have renounced the hidden things of shame and dishonesty, not walking in craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully, but by revealing the truth to every man's conscience. Notice what it says, Mm. revealing the truth to every man's conscience. Yes, sir. In the sight of God. Now, verse 3, so if our gospel is hid, it is hid to those who are perishing because the God of this age has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. So the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in unto them. So when people say, Mark, it's not that serious, I mean, it's just music, it's just entertainment, it's just me chilling out, it's just amusement. No, 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 no. From the spiritual perspective, Paul just tells, he just told us that the enemy's goal is to blind your conscience. Right. His goal is to affect your conscience. And when we listen to certain types of music repeatedly, when we watch certain types of programming repeatedly, that's Satan's way of getting free access to our consciousness. As I heard uh, Ravi Zacharias, the world-renowned apologist, say, uh, he was quoting someone else. I can't remember the gentleman he was, who he was quoting, but he said that entertainment is Satan's way of getting to the back, getting to the front door of our of our hearts by going through the back door of our imagination. It's Satan's way of getting to the front door of our hearts by going through the back door of our imagination. Wow. So as Satan seeks to blind us from the truth, he seeks to influence our conscience to see the world from a distorted position. 
He influences us to try to see the world from a vanity perspective, from a position of contradiction to the standards of God. And using your phrase that you referenced earlier, Akin we become we become addicted to the wrong diet. Exactly. We have we have a diet of low nutritional value. If 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 when just it's, it's amazing. It doesn't matter how many times you hear a scripture, how many times you have read a scripture. It, that's why the, hearing the word of God is so important because it it always brings back and confirms and brings even more revelation. But when you think about how detailed that scripture is, you have to think about how deliberate entertainment is. There is yeah. no more deliberate process than filmmaking or television, making the making of television. In the filmmaking process, everything that you see is so deliberate. Everything is produced. Everything is created. Everything is produced. That's why every form, every stage of production is 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 the uses the word production, which is which is the root word is produced. So that means when we are in when we we are developing a film, it's pre production. When we're shooting a film, it's a production. When we are uh, editing a film, it's post production. And everything you see down to the sound, to lights, we, all of it is totally produced. You can add in, take out. Hold on, particularly oh, technology. Let me interject. Let me interject. Let me interrupt for a second. So, are you telling us, Akintunde? Are you telling us that whatever we end up seeing on film, or whatever we end up seeing in a in a music video? Or whatever we end up hearing in a in a song, are you telling me that somebody intentionally? I mean, nothing was random. Nothing just haphazardly happened. Nothing. Everything is intentional. Is that what you're telling me? Nothing. Nothing is is random. The only thing that is partly random or 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 or, or uh, uh, off the cuff, if you allow me to say, is the idea process. But the execution of that idea is totally deliberate from every, from point A to point Z. So the if you look at a television show like you, let's use Scandal for example, there's no less than 300 people working on that show with detailed targeted departments that they focus on nothing but this. This is my area. And it's such a collaborative effort that everybody has to be on the same page. So you, it's not by accident that Olivia Pope hair looks the same way every episode. It's not by accident that she wears a certain shoe or she, or she wears a certain jacket. They have gone through literally so many different clothes. That they've probably spent weeks of clothing testing, just testing what type of outfits, what brand, what designer, and then even, even ordering that or having that brought in custom-made to fit her body and to make her look a certain way in, in, in seeing colors, uh, t- fabrics. All of it is so deliberate to detail because they are trying to communicate a certain message. And that's how we have to understand, look at this whole thing, that it's not by accident that what's going on in television and music and the effects that it is having is not by accident. It is designed. It is strategic. And the people who are doing it oftentimes don't even recognize how they're being used in that process. But here's my problem. Here's my greater problem. At the same time that we're boycotting businesses, we are supporting the BET Awards, and African-Americans that produce content right. that fuels the systematic racism and prejudice that we're trying to fight against. Exactly. Exactly. If exactly. I go for a second, on, on what side of the table do we stand on? 
on one hand, you're, you're celebrating and applauding the actors, the actresses, the musicians, the singers, the producers that produce uh, contradictory content. But then you want to boycott the, uh, the businesses who are unrelated right. to the issue. Right, right. And that's because of confusion that we operate and we do things like that because we don't understand the root causes. We don't understand the, the more minute details of what's really going on. So, we, so what we're doing, what black, black the, the whole uh, – but the black family and the black community is doing this with the Black Lives Matter movement is we're putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot. We're, we're treating the symptoms the of symptoms. what is the outcomes of the problem as opposed to causing the, treating the root cause. And that's, the root cause is our lack of Christ and our focus and mindset and in, in our culture, our norms and values. That's the issue that we're, we're not dealing with. And, and, and just quick, if I could bounce back to your point about yeah, uh, uh, Caucasians, and, 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 and it, uh, my, to my white friends and, and family who are listening out there, understand this right here. This is why this, important, this conversation is important for you. Black, black music, black style, black fashion, black industry, television, uh, um, even food is the most overwhelming most effective uh, 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 black music and, and black folks affect culture more than any other group. If you look at music, if you look at television, you look at clothing, hair, even food, black people affect that more than any other group. So it, this, does, this does affect you because ultimately, even if you're an adult and you're a conservative white male listen, um, uh, watching, listening to this, your children probably are more affected by style, hair, music, That's television, right. and entertainment right. that is birthed out of the black community. So going back to the point of where, where you picked up uh, dealing with the Black Lives Matter and, the, and, this, and being connected to the LGBT movement, that connects to my point about the feminization of the black male. What those young men were doing at the gym, but when you were shooting basketball, and they were gambling on basketball shots and called themselves trophy husbands, is literally a t taking and, uh, and, and bringing together two terms that don't even go together. Trophy husband is a is a, is is a is a, a export of trophy wife. Which yeah. is a term of a wife who has is being well taken care of by her husband, a beautiful, attractive female who is on the, the arm of her successful rich man. So now men are taking on this moniker of a trophy husband and attaching it to themselves like it's something to be proud of and in a masculine way, but it's really a feminization of their dollar work and, 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 and leadership ethics. Wow. So it, it, and, it's, and, it's, and it goes back to the subtle, consistent feminization of the black male that has gone on over the past 15 years. And it's what's now, we're at a fever pitch level because now legally it's accepted. Now culturally it's accepted. When I do certain material in my show, when I deal with homosexuality in a humorous way but a truthful way, the audience in many cases in churches gets tight, they slow to laugh, and they look around as if to say, can I laugh at this even though I think it's funny? 
And that's because there's been an overwhelming, consistent feminization of the black male, the same way, like I said before. The pimp culture of the 70s is where you begin to Correct. see where men take advantage of women, drug use, the beating of women. You, weren't, you were not seeing women. I'm not saying no woman was slapped on a, on a film. But in the 70s, the, the level to what the black exploitation movies that celebrated this whole pimp, uh, uh, men with uh, perms and fur coats and, and, and uh, 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 can you buy that and, and, and man this and I've got this and I've got that, I've got this many women and this, that many women, that was that pimp culture, which was a breaking down of a, of a, black, ma- of, of a black family. And what it, be, what it did was it began to show black women as a commodity as opposed to something that, to, that is a woman to be cherished. Correct. Then you have the gangster culture that, that, that came up in the 80s, Scarface, Tony Montana. The, this, the, 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 that was right along with the whole drug movement in our communities. 90s that brought in the thug culture. Thugs, I do whatever I want to do. But this is a lower level street uh, street uh, uh, mindset culture of that where whereas before you tried to avoid prison. Now in the nineties, prison becomes a, something that you are proud of. Yeah. And then you have in the in the in the two thousands the feminization, a consistent slowing slowly uh, decomposition of black masculinity to the point now, like as I said, wow. if you come out and say I'm a homosexual. It is a career move. It is a huge. It, it will. It will. It will thrust your career forward. Whereas decades ago, it would have been something that would have destroyed your career. And that. And, and what it communicates is: this is good. This is. This is. This is better. This is the way to do it. I am who I am. And that. And, but the same. The same culture that celebrates it somehow wants men to stand up and be uh, and, and take care of their families. They, they somehow want men to be out there and go out there and be leaders. The same people who celebrate homosexuality will 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 get upset when when uh, uh, we can't fight the Taliban or ISIS. It's all that whole goes back to that whole mindset of the feminization of men, men in, in the overall, not just black men, but men in general. But so you can't have it both ways. So that we so we're dealing with the outcomes. And it, but, but there's things that we can do, though. There's some things that we can do. So I hope you've been challenged, sharpened, and encouraged by this podcast. I hope you, you'll share it. I hope you'll uh, tell your friends about it. Get on Facebook, post, talk about it. And before we, before we end, um, I'll get to there. If you can, just tell um, our audience how they can follow you, how they can contact you, how they can be abreast on what you're doing. Well, you can reach me uh, through my website, and that is uh, akintunde.net. No, oh, that's hard to spell, so I help you out. That is A-K-I-N-T-U-N-D-E.net. And uh, there you can find out about everything that we have going on from our Rebirth of Comedy Tour, which is uh, out right now and doing very well. God is truly opening some doors for us. And you'll find out about our television uh, projects that we're uh, producing. Um, and you can find out about our uh, 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 uh comedy talent search, and even our feature film project, one of which I'm extremely excited about, which is the Taft Watson uh, Talk About Manhood, uh, Coach Taft Watson from South Carolina, who is a legendary South Carolina coach. And we're, my wife and I, Eunissa, are producing a, uh, a film, a biopic on his life. And 
uh, you know, it is his his life is an example of when men stand up in their community and in their families and, and truly make a difference and see that difference and see the effects of it. So you can you can reach you reach me reach me there. I'm a comedian. I can tune day on Facebook. Um, that's uh, and, and 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 let me simplify that for you. Just Google Ock laughs. AK laughs and my Facebook, my Twitter, and all things social media will come up when you Google AK laughs. Awesome, awesome. Well, brother, it's always a pleasure. We have some great conversation today, some great content. You've given me insight on some things that, and as always, from a culture, media, and entertainment perspective, and I believe our listeners have been encouraged as uh, as well. Thank you so very much. Uh, Thank you, brother. We'll and, talk and, to and, you and soon. Sir, I, you know, you, I, I, I've said this before, and I really believe that uh, uh, whether he is Bishop Marcus Benjamin, Pastor Marcus Benjamin, or Marcus Benjamin, the business and, and, and leader, and I believe that you are one of the foremost, uh, uh, and, and to be honest with you, I haven't spoken with anybody else who has the clarity of what culture is uh, to the world. And, 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 the, and the true worldview of what that means, uh, it, it, I, I really encourage people to really find out more about what you do, what you're doing with this, with this podcast, this uh, show, and this, just also what your ministry is because I believe that once we understand culture, it shifts everything, and uh, and yes. you've given me uh, uh, just the the years of of uh, you know two and three hour conversations <laughs> that you <laughs> we've right. had on the phone with our wives, even with our kids, <laughs> and you've given me a lot of insight and a lot of expansion of of ideas and and, and my concepts. So I want to thank you for that. More than welcome, man. Our family has been enriched as well, and so we're really grateful uh, for it at the highest level. Thank you for listening to the Culture Shapers podcast. Take a moment and find out more about our ministry by visiting thedanielcenter.org. Remember, you and I are not called to be made by the culture, but to shape the culture with the influence of Jesus Christ.